Welcome, my friends, to the show that will likely one day come to an end. Welcome to Don't Be So Weird. My name is Mark, and on this show, I will walk you down one of the strangest memory lanes you will ever hear as I tell you the stories of my life, the cautionary tales we can all learn from, and the unmitigated disasters that no one should have to live through. Please subscribe to this show wherever you listen to your podcasts. Please feel free to leave comments, or do feel free to leave a voice message. Who knows, I may just play it on the air. So sit back, relax, and let's have some fun. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, I have returned. That's right. I am back. I'm podcasting again. How cool is this? It's the first time I've done this in almost two years now. So, of course, you're probably wondering to all of my uh, old listeners of the old show, where the hell have I been? Well, you know what? I'm going to tell you that story right now before I get into this. So... I started this podcast back in August of 2020, and I did it at a time when I wasn't playing music and I needed something to do as a hobby, and so I decided to put music aside for a while, and I took up podcasting. So I created this show, Don't Be So Weird, which was essentially just a story of, or a, a series of me telling stories about my life. Well, it was great, and it went almost every week. I think I did an episode every Tuesday for uh, quite some time. I want to say at least a good six months. I came up with a lot of episodes. They were well listened to. They had a great fan base. People came back and just wanted to hear my stories, which I thought was really cool. Um, But unfortunately, uh, a couple of things happened. Number one, I was starting to get a little low on ideas on what to say. Uh, two, I was becoming a little self-conscious about who and what I was talking about. You know, I didn't want to, like, you know, bring anybody down or throw anyone's name through the mud or anything like that. Uh, the, the big thing was uh, I just flat out ran out of time. I was working uh, six, seven-day weeks at that point, and I was at one point working 33 days straight. So I flat out just did not have the energy or time to do anything. I was in what I guess you would consider to be survival mode at that point. I was just trying to get through. So the last episode that I recorded was in February of 21, and it was essentially me just sitting in a hotel room rambling for about 15 minutes. And the sound quality was awful. I don't even remember what I was talking about. But for some reason, it ended up being my most listened to episode, which I thought was kind of interesting. Anyway, so that is where the show was and why it stopped. Uh, I kept it online for quite some time. And then last summer, I decided to take the show down so I could eventually reboot it. Well, here we are. I've rebooted it. So I am back. Uh, I'm going to try this again couple of things are going to be a little bit different this time. First of all, the episodes are not going to be half hour. Uh, They were half hour episodes. They're probably going to be a lot shorter now. I'm aiming for about 10 to 15 minutes per episode now. So uh, they're going to be a lot shorter. Number two, I was releasing every Tuesday 
I might not do that now. This might be every other Tuesday at this point. It might even be whenever I'm able to just come up with something. So it's a very good possibility that uh, there's not going to be a real regular release schedule with this particular show, but we shall see. Having said that, it's still going to be all of the awesomeness that you came to love with the old show of Don't Be So Weird, including all of the weird stories, all of the tales, everything that I've been through in life. And it's been it, it, it's been a wild ride. You know, I've been here for 41 years. Hopefully I'll be here for another 41 at least. But, you know, I'm, I'm just yeah, during those 41 years, it has certainly been a very, very, very interesting, interesting life. So. Uh, it's all worth sharing, and it's all worth uh, talking about for whatever reason. You know, it could be for uh, educational purposes, or it could just be. You know, sometimes we just need to laugh about it. That's what it's all here for. It's just in good fun, and no harm is ever meant to anybody. So, you know, if anything, it's all self-deprecating, and that's just all there is to it. But that's what this is all about. That's what we're all here for. For don't be so weird. So for today's uh starting point uh today is january 9th 2023 as i record this it's going to be released on january 10th and when it is released it is going to be uh mere days before the last sears in my home state will close permanently and that will be the end of Sears. Why is that a big deal, you might ask? Well, Sears was my first job, so now it would be a great time to tell the story of my first job. So the story of my first job goes back to uh, 1999. I was 17 years old, and I was just out of high school looking for my first job. It was going to be a part-time job while I was in college. Didn't need to be anything crazy, just enough money to get me some gas back and forth and maybe keep my car maintained, and that's about it. That's all it was ever meant to be. So uh, it took me a few rounds to get that job. So the first thing I did was I went to the mall. And, of course, you know, that was back in the late 90s when malls were still a thing. Uh, There weren't nothing but empty storefronts at that point yet. And I had several interviews. I got interviewed by The Great Cookie. Uh, I don't think they ended up wanting to hire me, though. I was interviewed by a real estate agency who just kept talking the whole time about the company's dress code and how all the women wore dresses. It was a little strange. I don't know why they kept mentioning that to me, but uh, needless to say, I did not get that job. And then third time's the charm, I was interviewed by Sears and got that job. So at the time, they hired... The reason why I got hired, I believe was because they needed a bunch of young men who were tech-savvy to work in the children's department uh, selling video games. It was their big thing was they were trying to move these games. Games were becoming a lot more popular again. We had PlayStation 1. We had uh, Nintendo 64. 
We were just about to get the Dreamcast in. Of course, remember the Dreamcast back when that system was about to come out? That was a big deal. Big effing BFD. And that system, they wanted to have, you know, cream of the crop, you know, top notch nerds, for lack of a better way of putting it, selling these games. Prior to us getting there, the department was a bunch of older ladies who, don't get me wrong, were, were great. Uh, just maybe video games weren't necessarily their thing. You know, they just would jump behind the counter, ring people up, and that's about it. But they wanted people who, who were going to sit down and sell these games, who were going to talk these games up. And there was some good stuff going on. I mean, we had, I remember there were two setups for for demos right by the register. On one side, we had... Star Wars Racer on the N64, and on the other side, we had Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. So no, all day, for eight hours a day, you heard nothing but uh, Duel of the Fates on one side of the register, and if you get tired of that, you go to the other side, and you got Jerry was a race car driver by Primus on the other side. Um, so that's essentially what that was all about. But it was a good time. We had a good time. I had a great time during that job uh you know people always talk about you know retail jobs oh it must be the worst job you've ever worked in your life it's like you know what no I had a great time and the worst part about working that particular job in that particular position was the fact that it didn't pay anything it was a very very poorly paid position unfortunately otherwise it was a good time you know I met a lot of great people and I um, I really enjoyed working with them. 99% of the customers you work with are great people. And so many of them have their own stories to tell. Uh, there was, I remember working the week before Y2K was supposedly hitting. And one of the uh, customers I had, he worked over at the wastewater plant. And he was talking about how he was working 120 hours of overtime that particular week. Because they were afraid that... Uh, the system might stop working. It didn't. But you know, we didn't know. Well, I had a feeling. I had an idea. I felt that Y2K wasn't going to be a thing. I'll tell you why. Because about two years prior, I set my computer clock to December 31st, 1999, and it clicked over without incident. And if my silly little Windows 95 computer could click over without incident, then I was going to be just fine. And everything else was going to be just fine, too. So, yeah. Y2K, not a thing. But either way, you know, the people were, were really worried about that. And he was telling the story about how, you know, they were, they were working overtime and they were going to be there. And they were going to, they had a emergency plan set up in case things got backed up and everything was going to be awful. Uh, it was a real shitty situation. Boom. So, um... Yeah, I thought that was I thought it was interesting. There was one guy who came in, he was a mortician and he would tell us about how he would sculpt dead bodies. It was so fascinating. I mean, this it was you had some really cool people who came in. And then of course you had the the randos, the weirdos who'd come in and they they were always something else. Difficult customers were never a problem because the thing about difficult customers is generally speaking, if they're being difficult, there's a reason they're being difficult. Maybe they've had bad experiences with the company. You know, a lot, I'm, 99.99999% of the time, if they're angry at you, they're angry at the company. You're the face of 
the company. So, you know, once you, you, you really start to work with people and it becomes personal, you can really change a lot of difficult customers and make them a lot easier. The problem is there were also a lot of uh, unsavory customers. And, that, and I don't even want to use the word customer. There were a lot of un, unsavory uh, thieves and criminals who would come in and work their magic. And that's a little different situation. Uh, they made the job very difficult. They were another one of my least favorite parts of, the, of, of working there. Um, and not so much the fact that they existed, but the fact that a lot of times management wanted you to take the fall for them. And that was not cool. Because that made me feel like, well, it, it, it's more than you're looking at me as just I'm just a number. You're looking at me as completely expendable. Like, if you want me to take a bullet for this register you're not even going to think twice about it. And I've never worked at another retail place that had that kind of mindset. So now that I realize that was a company mindset, that made me feel uh, a little, a little worse for the wear. And as time went on, I started to really lose a lot of faith in, um, in, in my pride of working there from dealing with people like that. But I'll get to that in a second. So, yeah, back to the positives. Most people are good. Most people are chill. And I was there for about six months or so when I wanted to make the jump to become a full-time employee there, which I did. And that was kind of not a great decision for me at that point because... In my mind, I thought, well, I'm already working the full-time hours. I might as well get a guaranteed schedule. But, of course, I couldn't go to school at the same time. So I had to put school on hiatus, and everybody kept telling me, well, why are you not going to school? It's like, because I'm working full-time. So that became a thing. Uh, That lasted for a few months, and then I went back to being part-time again, so I could go back to school. And when I did go back to part-time, I switched departments, as did the video games. The video games went to the electronics department, which I felt like I was a better match for anyway, and uh, I went with them. So I was there for about another couple of months. All told, I was was with the, the company for about two years, and then moved on. But again... It was the idea that you were completely expendable as a human being, and that was where I lost a lot of faith in the company and where I lost a lot of faith in the way they ran the organization. Because it was more about you were... By that point, I started to feel like I was more of a babysitter to the unsavory elements than I was helping customers. You know, you would get, on a typical day, probably about two people who'd come in who actually wanted help, and then about ten people who you kind of had to look at, you had to kind of side-eye and be like, what are they trying to pull? And it became much, much more of that. 
then there was Christmas. That was interesting because there were always there's always something. There was always some lunatic every day in the store doing something. And again, I never experienced this in any other retail environment that I ever worked in after this. It just happened to be this particular store at this particular time. There was always some crazy who was making everybody's life a living hell. And I'm not even talking customer wise. Like, I mean, they were like, there was one woman who was literally running around assaulting everybody. And of course, the store was like, yeah, there's nothing we can do about it. Well, there's something I could do about it. And I ended up moving on and getting a new job later. And that was my first job out of high school. You know, I, there was a lot of responsibility put on me. And I, not that I minded that, but it was a lot of responsibility. And it was a good learning experience because, yeah, it was, for the most part, it was fun. It was a good time. But I also learned very quickly how companies of that size and that magnitude really just flat out do not have any kind of discretion for the safety of their employees or their care for their employees. They just want merchandise moved out the door and they want more than just merchandise moved out the the door. They want, they just want, they just want your money. And by that, I mean, yeah, they want your, they want credit cards, store credit cards, protection plans, Things that don't benefit customers, but benefit the store. That's all they care about. So in the end, it was a, like I said, it was a learning experience. But overall, it was a great time. And I wouldn't trade those years in for anything else in the world, no matter no matter what. I mean, I and people would often tell me, though, like, would you really, if would you go back and relive those years not knowing what you know now. And I would say absolutely 100% in a heartbeat. I would go back and relive those years, not knowing what I knew then they were just, it was a great time in my life. I look back at the years, 1999, 2000, 2001, very, uh, very well. And I'm, if I were to make a few changes, a couple of things I, I probably would have done differently. First and foremost, I wouldn't have stayed with the company as long as I did. I would have gotten out of there after about a year or so. Um, and I would have moved on and gotten a new job. Number two, I probably would have gotten a new job in a better regard because I ended up essentially taking myself off the schedule for about two months or so before I went to my next job. I probably would have made it a little bit more of a bigger deal and stuck around until uh, it was time to go. And another thing, too, I never would have went full-time at that point. I should have stayed in school, and I should have finished my classes when I did because there is nothing more embarrassing than being a 25-year-old college student at a four-year school. So uh, that yeah, and that's that's the case. And that, Oh, I'm going to talk about that in a future episode. Don't, don't, don't worry about that. Um, so that, that was my experience, uh, my first job. So let's see, I talked about the good stuff. I talked about how, how cool people were. I talked about the bad stuff. I talked about how bad the criminal element was. Uh, the ugly stuff. Ooh, what was ugly? Um, let's see, there was one day when there were, when I, when, when 
I believe a customer allowed their son to piss all over the floor and we had to clean it up because we didn't have a cleaning crew at that point. Not that I wish that upon them either, but it was like, mm, let's just find old receipt paper and clean up a random kid's piss. Uh, we got a gift card for $25 because of that. $25 gift card for cleaning up somebody's piss. That was great. Uh, so that, that, that was fairly ugly. Um, what else was ugly? Yeah, that was probably, that might have been the worst thing that ever happened. And I guess in retrospect, if that was the worst thing, that's really not that bad. So there, that, that was me working at Sears in a nutshell. That was my first job, and this is my first podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you like this. Subscribe to this if you like what you heard. Come back next time because I got a lot more stories and a lot more time and a lot more things to talk about.